Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Hello. Hi. Today, we're going to be playing Sea Salt and Paper, designed by Bruno Cathala of Seven Wonders Duels, Five Tribes, Splendor Duel, Cyclades, King Domino, and also Theo Riviere of the Loop, Draftosaurus, and Unlock series. Uh, the artist is Lucien Durain and Pierre-Yves Pierre Gallard, published in 2022 by Pandasaurus Games. A few delicately folded papers and a whole marine universe comes to life. Create your own ocean. Assemble your hand, place your cards for their effect, and decide if you want to end the round. But if you have to choose, stop the round immediately or give the others an extra turn to try to widen the gap. Is it worth taking the risk? Mechanics are hand management, melding and splaying, push your luck, and set collection. And the box art? Mm, it's got kind of like some origami and the lettering looks like origami. It's um, like got that claymation kind of style to it. Yeah, I was thinking too, like a claymation, yeah. like a, somebody used construction paper kind of to do a thing, but then it's definitely uh, origami. So like the origami waves mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Very whimsical. Yeah, it looks like it's a scene out of a stop motion mm-hmm. video almost. All right. Uh, now. Would you pull this off? What? Well, I was going to say on their website, they have uh, instructions on how to make the little red and white boat. And then they also have a sheet that you can print off uh, that has the red and the white. So when you fold it, it looks just like the boat on the cover. All right. Based off this, would you pull it off a shelf? BP? I think. Oh, no, not you. Not you. (laughs) Not not me. (laughs) Yes, it looks whimsical. Now you may go. Oh, okay. Uh, I would also pick it up. I think I like the art style. I'm a big fan of stop motion videos. I think it's super cool. So I would uh, pick it up and find out more about it. Uh, I, I'm a no. Um, I mean, I like the, the claymation, but I also like origami. And I feel like it's not highlighting origaminess of it. Um, that's it kind of is, but I don't know. It, it's kind of weird to me. Uh, and then Bruno Cathala. We have had bad luck with so. Uh, I mean, I think I think it started out with bad luck, and then I feel like it got better. Like we liked Kanagawa, BP, and I liked Mister Jack. Uh, wasn't there something that you and Kate played that you guys liked? Mm. I feel like there was a game, and you were like, "Oh yeah, we don't hate Bruno Cathal anymore." Not on this list. Okay, very well. But I don't, I don't hate the man. <laughs> it just right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, how do you think it's played? I have no so uh, it's origami, it's hand management. Hand management is it? We're not actually doing origami. How do you know? Because I feel like that would be a mechanic. Fold folding <laughs> that that is a folding is a mechanic yeah, because is. there are games where you have to fold stuff. It does have some melding and splaying though. Yeah, but you do those with cards. Yeah, it's the overlapping card thing. Yeah. Um, um what is the luck? What bad luck can you have with origami? Don't you have to? It, what, isn't there like a thousand crane thing that's supposed to be like if you make a thousand cranes, you get like a wish or something? 
Yeah, but if you're short by uh, one, if you miscount a thousand, then you're screwed. Yeah. The cranes yeah. come for you. Set collection and push your luck. Is it is it like a deck builder game? Uh, it doesn't say that, so I don't think so. I think it's probably like a drafting game where you're going to get a hand of cards and you're going to have to like overlap them to make a boat or something. It's going to be like a picture. You're not actually folding. You're just like building a picture of a boat. Okay. Um, and then push your luck. It says uh, stop the round immediately or give the others an extra turn to widen the gap. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, so, I mean, based on the description, we're going to have cards and we're going to play them. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm, I'm not sure how the push your luck gets into it. Like, don't make that wave too big or you'll drown your boat. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out there. Paper and water doesn't seem like a great combination. Um, you're just thinking about paper. You're and so not future paper. about this. Oh, future paper. Yeah. Some, yeah, you're right. Some paper has been made out yeah, of water, Waterproof paper. Waterproof, okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a brand that we sell at the exchange called Right in the Rain because they're supposed to be able to use it in the rain. See? It's not even the future is now. <laughs> okay. Uh, the history of um, waterproof, paper. Uh, waterproof paper. Before she starts, I just want to say that while she was looking at history stuff this morning, she was over at her desk just giggling to herself. So <laughs> we have high I have expectations. High, I have high, high expectations. Well, what's made out of paper? Witches. Origami. Got it. Really small, really small rocks. <laughs> Dose. Waves. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Okay. So. I was starting with the history of paper and then came across like quotes about toilet paper. Oh, so the giggling was more just childish toilet humor. Yes. Okay, go on, go on. I approve. <laughs> so uh, paper that had been used for wrapping and padding material had been in use in China since uh, about the second century BCE. Um, and we're talking about actual paper versus papyrus. Um, and uh, however, we have primary source uh, written evidence of toilet paper dating as far back as the sixth century of the common era in China. And I just find that absolutely amazing because toilet paper is one of, I feel like, a great necessity in life. Wait, when? Sixth century of the common era. So the 500s. When were the Romans using? The sponges. <laughs> Butt sponges. <laughs> Before that. Okay. Um, did you know they used to dip their butt sponges in vinegar? It sounds even worse. Like I the know. butt sponge already sounded bad. It's butt sponge covered in vinegar sounds even worse. Right? Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, and uh, so as far back as the 6th century. Um, yeah, I just, I find this just so amazing. Um, uh, other things that people used <laughs> for their necessities uh, included, of course, water. Um, some of the early 
quotes uh, talk about how the, uh, an Arab traveler to China in the ninth century remarked that, quote, uh, the Chinese do not wash themselves with water when they have done their necessities, but they only wipe themselves with paper. I want to know if they did paper over the top or paper underneath. These are important questions. Yeah. The patent for toilet paper in the United States has paper over the top. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's for the cylinder. You know that the coming in rolls, it only started coming in rolls in the mid 19th century. Thank Before goodness. Before then, it would just be sheets. Like single sheets at a time? Yeah. Ugh. Probably single ply, too. Probably. Like a nightmare. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then in the 19th century, you have it start coming in rolls and you have uh, toilet roll dispensers then becoming a thing. Um, and then, of course, by the early 20th century is when you have uh, double ply becoming a thing. So it's really less than 100 years that we've had the type of toilet paper. That we enjoy. Excellent. Um, crepe was sometimes also used. Like the food? No, <laughs> crepe paper. Why would we ruin a good crepe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Okay. Yeah. That was really it. Like I was giggling about toilet paper. Um, being a thing, uh, and it was older than I thought it was. I thought it wasn't invented until the 19th century. I'm glad to know that humans have been using toilet papers for at least 1,500 years. Well, some people. True. Bidets are making a comeback, though. Indeed. Uh, so the thousand cranes... Cranes are considered mystical or holy creatures in Japan, and they are said to have lived for a thousand years. So it's one crane per year. And you're in some stories, you're supposed to complete them within a year. So a thousand cranes within one year, and then you get a wish at the end. But it has to be made by the person making the wish. So like I couldn't make a thousand cranes and then have Eric make a wish. And then... Uh, it also says that the Japanese Space Agency used the folding of 1,000 cranes as one of the test candidates for its astronaut program. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, it was like a patience thing. Oh, you're going to sit on this spaceship to go to Mars for a year? Make 1,000 cranes, and we'll see if you're patient enough for it. Uh, so you guys want to learn how to play? Uh, all right. So we are orig origamiists. Collectors of origami? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we're small children creating an ocean sea with origami. Uh, we could be any of those things. Who's to know? We're going to collect origami to try and score the most points. The first to 35 points for our three-player game, it'd be 40 if it was a two-player and then 30 if it was a four-player, is the winner or the first to play four mermaids in a round is the winner. The first player is randomly chosen, uh, but much more thematic, we could go with the last to fold origami. And then if no one's ever done that, maybe they'll ask to uh, fold a paper airplane because mm -hmm. that seems closer to what maybe one of us has done. And if all of those failed, maybe just the last to fold a piece of paper. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say Thursday because I folded up our ticket and put it in my pocket. <laughs> so Thursday is the last time I folded a piece of paper. I made Have a paper airplane made... in 2018. That's the last time you folded paper? <laughs> That's the last time I made a paper airplane. Okay. I don't remember the last time I, know, I made a paper I just, airplane. I felt like I knew an exact date for that, so I should call that out. <laughs> wow. I feel like Eric should go first. Um, I mean, if anybody else wow. has folded anything cool, though. I mean, I can't I just say folding cool paper, like half paper in half. That's kind of lame. Yeah. 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 I uh, am kind of lame. Can, I, was can, can I ask why you remember that it was 2018 that you folded uh, a paper airplane? This company I worked for had a competition where they threw paper airplanes off the second floor. And I worked at that company in 2018. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So you'll go first. Um, okay. So the game is played over a series of rounds with each player taking turns until one of two end round triggers. Either the deck runs out or a player has reached seven points and decides to end the round. So on your turn, you're going to take the following steps in order. First thing you're going to do is you're going to add a card to your hand. So you can either draw two cards from the face down deck, keep one and discard the other or you can draw the top card from one of the discard piles. So there will always be two discard piles. So if you draw from the draw deck, you'll discard to one of those two. If one of those two decks is empty, you have to discard there, okay? And then you can't go through the discard deck. You have to take the top card. Uh, and there is one exception to that. So uh, the next thing you can do is you can play pairs or the rule book calls them duos. So you can play matching cards from your hand and perform their action. So if you play down a pair of crabs, it lets you select a card from anywhere within a discard pile. So that's the exception to taking a card from the discard pile. You can play a pair of boats and it lets you immediately take another turn. You can play a pair of fish, which lets you add the top card of the deck to your hand. Or you can play a pair of swimmer and shark and it lets you steal a random card from another player's hand and add it to yours. You can play as many pairs as you have in your hand. And at the end of the round, pairs will be worth one point. Um, is it a pair of bears? Is, there are no bears, so there are no pairs of bears. Okay. Um, but there are penguins. So if you have at least seven points collected, so after you've played your pairs, uh, if you have at least seven points collectively between what's in your hand currently and what you've already played out to the board, you can decide to end the round, in which case you're going to lay down your hand so that everybody can see it. And then you're going to make one of two announcements. You can either say stop, in which case the round ends immediately and everybody scores their points. Or you can push your luck and say last chance. And then everybody else at the table gets one more turn to uh, play pairs and get more points. If you have more, if you're the one who triggered the end of the round and you have more points than everybody else after they've all taken their turn, then you get to score the points in your hand and you get the color bonus, which is one point for every uh, color of the color that you have the most of. Everybody else only gets their color bonus. They do not score any of their other points. If at least one person has more points than you, then everybody else gets to score their points and you only get your color bonus. So that's the push your luck aspect to it. Uh, if the deck ever runs out, the round ends immediately and nobody scores any points. Okay. 
So points are earned for the round and then added to points earned in previous rounds. And the game ends as soon as a player earns the required number of victory points. In the case of a tie, the player who earned the most points in the previous round is the winner. If no players have reached the required victory points, the deck is shuffled and a new round is uh, played with the first player rotating one counter or rotating clockwise. And those are all the rules. Let's fold. We just finished a game of sea salt and paper. To recap, I had 30 penguin points, because I'm going to take the penguins. Kiwi had 33 fish points, and BP won with 46 octopus points. Was the octopus that got it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Winning strategy. What was your grand strategy, BP? That last round, I went for set collection. Decided to get as many as I could of those octopi. Okay. Uh, uh, Kiwi? Yeah, that last round, I was trying to, because I got the extra points for penguins, extra points for boats, extra points for fish, mm. and I couldn't get any of those cards. So, uh, but I was trying to, like, once I got those extra point cards, I was trying to get to those cards. Uh, I just they just never came up. And then in the the first one, the first round, I kind of had built up a big point. So I was like, oh, I'm going to last chance this one. So I jumped out to a big lead. But then I feel like I didn't get the cards. So I wasn't able to, like, maintain that lead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I drew cards. And then. That's what I got. Ah, uh, theme. Did you feel like you were making origami in the ocean with futuristic waterproof paper? No, I felt like I was collecting cards. Yeah, it was. You could remove all of the the art and thematicness, and it would have played the exact same. Um, Kiwi. Yeah, no, I agree. I that origami was nice, but that's about where the theme stopped. So it could have been anything. I feel like. Uh table presents. But speaking of origami, I mean, the cards were cute. It'd be really fun to have like a bunch of origami figures off to the side. So as you played your pairs, you could put the pairs of origami things in front of you. That mm. would have a lot of table presence, but it's a small card game. I think it would be hard to have like a very big type because like right. the box itself is also like super small. Yeah, I I want to play an origami game. <laughs> um, like. The art's fine. I don't know if I love the style of it, but I know you guys do. It's kind of like the the origami slash ocean theme is is interesting. Like kind of a mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little whimsy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mechanics, Kiwi. Um, so I feel like we've, I don't know if we've played games particularly like this, but I do like the idea of, you know, trying to collect those pairs. The pairs give you special abilities. Um, I did in that second round when I saw Eric like jumping out to like a giant, like big hand had already played a lot of pairs. I was like, I'm just going to draw always from the deck and see if I can run the deck out and then have nobody score points. Wow. And so 
And then the idea between do I want to stop or do I want a last chance? Yeah. Because like I last chance that one in the beginning. So I feel like there's enough like mechanically it's I don't think it's similar to anything else that we've played. And I mean, the card card draw and set collection is. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, on. I just I like I feel like there's zero chance you're gonna run out the deck without one of us looking at it and being like, oh, I'm gonna stop it because I have more points than Kiwi. Right. Which I don't but, I, I mean, don't know it, if that's ever actually like impact. Sure. And and that's fair. But this is the first time we played, so I was gonna see if I could do yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons I was like, oh, I need to just stop playing soon so I can make sure. I get my points that I want. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the push your luck is a really interesting bit to it, I think. Uh, rules, how was it learning the game? I feel like once we actually got to see the cards and things, uh, it seemed pretty straightforward. Listening uh, to was, the it was a little was... confusing on like the pairs versus the scoring cards because not everything's just, like in a normal set collection, I feel like everything would be like a set you're building and you'd play it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird that like some things get played publicly and some things you hold in your hand, which is, yeah, I mean, and I get, you know, that's what allows for the push your luck piece. Cause obviously if everything were on the table, that would be out, but it was a little bit of like confusing because it's different, I guess. No, I was just thinking when you brought that up, I was like, why did they make it? Cause like a lot of games where it's like set collection, you have to play it out for it to count. And that's kind of that push your luck. Cause like if somebody ends the round and it's still in your hand, but I can okay. see, like, the, with the last chance piece, you really do want to hide some of what you have. That's the question. Um, why do you play anything? Well, I thought the I mean, pairs the, were a little underwhelming, right? Right. But, I mean, it does give you some special abilities. Yeah, I guess just special and that's, ability that's why you And that's why you would play the pair. Like, the, sh- the, the crab, like, that last round when I played the crab, I should have waited around. Because there wasn't a whole lot in the discard. And the stuff in the discard was not stuff that I wanted. And I didn't think about that. So I played the crabs too early. I should have waited around. Mm. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's there. I, I would say the rule book is not great. It's only a single sheet. Um, I So I did have to watch a video. Um, and I think that's, I feel like a lot of Pandasaurus games, the rule books are not great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think Beacon Patrol was one of the ones that was good. Like, I don't think we had a lot of questions on Beacon Patrol, but a lot of other Pandasaurus games we've played that the rule books have yeah. not been great. So, and this is no exception. It's not a great, it's a hard to follow rule book. I had to watch a video. Um, thankfully, there's a QR code at the end of the video or end of the rule book. So you can scan it and it takes you to a how to play video. Mm. So, okay. Uh, player interaction. What did you think, BP? I mean, there's some because you uh, want to keep track of like what people kind of are taking, you know, because like with the penguins, there's only so many penguins, so you don't want to, you know. Right. Or throw down a f- swimmer into the discard when Eric is right after you, knowing that he literally just took your shark. Right. So you yep. knew he had a shark and then you I did put that down the swimmer anyway. three to yeah. four times. Yep. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah, I think that was the thing is I felt, like I should have been paying attention to what everyone was doing, but I didn't. Mm. Um, that was kind of my takeaway. Like I, I feel like it's there, but for whatever reason, I wasn't paying that much attention. Uh, would you play it again, BP? 
Kind of torn. Uh, I think so, just because it was so cute and it was pretty fast and I won. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's going to be like, ah, that was just so great. I want to add it to the collection. But I think I, I would again if somebody brought it up. It's a cute little game. It's quick. I like the push your luck aspect. I'm no. I felt like it was kind of just random draw. Like, like I said, maybe there was more in the interaction piece, but I just didn't do it. So it was kind of just some some rounds I drew cards and got sets, and some rounds I drew cards and didn't, and that that was about it. Yeah, I think I'd like to see it a different player. Like, I, I'll say yes. I did like the interaction of how the game played. I did like some of the push your luck aspects to it. Um, I think I'd like to try it at different play counts as well to see if maybe there's a sweet spot of, you know, maybe it just didn't work really well at three and maybe you need more How to make it, go it to? a much four. Um, I feel like so this I would be if, like a good mechanically for like a big player count, like a six or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it only goes up to four. Yeah. Uh, I think I could double check though. Um, oh yeah. Cause it only two, three, four for the victory points. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see it at different play counts to see if it feels different. Um, and I do like, I do enjoy the art. So I, I think I, I would play it again. All right. That was uh, sea salt and paper. So if you have any recommendations of games, you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do it via email at first turn tabletop at Gmail or hit us up on the platform formerly known as Twitter or Instagram at first turncast. And the podcasting camel says as he is uh, folding up his last 1000 crane, <laughs> please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you play more games. That is a lighthouse, but if you look at the boat cards, right. they are boats. What is a lighthouse uh, if not a <laughs> land boat Indeed. with a light and a house? <laughs> <laughs>